Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we watch new movies and then come talk to you right away afterwards. Uh, I'm Jack Kolejewski, joined today by my brother, Jeremy Kolejewski. Hello, hello. How's it going, Jeremy? I'm doing all right, thank you. Good. Uh, we watched a movie quite recently, not as recently as, as we normally do for these hot takes, but that's the world we live in now. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yeah. The new joint by Jim Cummings, directed, written, and acted by none other than Jimmy C., uh, who you might have known from Thunder Road. Uh, Thunder Road was very a very big hit among the story screen family when that when that came out we were all we were all feeling that one so i personally was pretty excited for this one uh ahead of time and i've been looking forward to it although it feels like it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit where not are you at this, with this with this flick uh <laughs> definitely not the voice of winnie the pooh that's a that's a different jim cummings no uh, as far as i know he does not voice winnie the pooh no he's much he's much younger um, where was I at with this? I yeah, saw had, Thund- had you seen, you saw Thunder Road? Uh, yeah, I saw Thunder Road. I appreciate it a whole lot. I respect Jim Cummings as a filmmaker, especially with how open he is on the internet about his process and how encouraging he is to his other- His process indi- is, uh, go make your movie. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, he's, he's very, uh, encouraging and he goes- on a lot of like small YouTube channels and just talks about his whole process. He's a very open guy. He like res- he, if you like review your his movie on Letterbox, he like responds to you and like a- answers any questions you yeah. might have. I saw he just so, did an AMA for this this movie as well. Although lots yeah. of people do that. I think he's a lot more kind of open about yeah. stuff like this. So at this current moment in his is in his career, he's quite um yeah, he's he's quite cordial. I actually have a uh I actually had an email exchange um featuring uh Jim Cummings once a few years ago. Ah, uh, yes, but, I remember this story. But, um I won't tell that story again. If you want to hear that story, go to the It Comes at Night uh hot take. Yes, the, the story <laughs> also involved Trey uh, Edward Schultz. Yes, cuz Jim Cummings was involved in Cresha. Yes. He was a That's producer. basically the whole story. You've yeah. pretty much already told the whole. You might as well finish it out, so uh, they don't have to. The listener doesn't have to dig back. <laughs> basically, the long story is I I I emailed uh, Jim Cummings on Reddit because he was promoting Cresha on some subreddit, and I asked him because because I had like some kind of college assignment where I actually had to talk to someone in the industry. Um, I it's probably th- easier said than done for most students. So it's it a- was it. I ended up having to like kind of fake it, but anyway. <laughs> um, I I've seen I, movies before. You talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the industry. Yeah. Um, I emailed Jim uh, Jimmy C to see if I could like get some questions answered with uh, Trey with Trey Edward Schultz about his process making Cresha and whatnot and all Jim Cummings says is like, Oh, you got you got balls uh emailing the producer about the director and I was and that was the end of that. But Oh, maybe he wanted you to ask him questions. Probably. Mm. Probably this was this was before Thunder Road. I think this was even before the short. Oh wow, okay, yeah. So well, I, he, it yeah. comes at night was what twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And this and and yeah, this was this was definitely before. See, you hurt his feelings that. is a problem. You should ask him some questions. He's in yeah, the industry. I, he, yeah, yeah. I probably should have, but and no, then, I'm back. then 
Jim Cummings could be our best friend now. Maybe. Well, we that could that still chance. happen if yeah. we're nice. We're if we're nice enough on this podcast. Well, we were very, very nice to Thunder Road uh, in all of our our media on it. But, uh, well, I guess that brings us to the topic at hand. What did you think of The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Jeremy? Um, I... Uh, Jim Cummings is never going to be our friend (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, collect my thoughts before. So, this movie is, of course, Jim Cummings' sophomore feature. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get the uh, audience familiar with what. And again, like is. Thunder Road, if you're not familiar with Thunder Road, Jim Cummings directed, wrote, and starred in that movie. He's uh, yes. sort of a, a, a well, no other director an, that an does that au- is coming to my uh, an my, auteur? my mind. Yeah, he's a real Orson Welles. There you go. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say um, Tommy Wiseau, but probably Orson Welles is, is maybe a little more. Apt. That's a, that's a bit of it's a bit of a nicer comparison. Yeah. Um, but the difference is is that uh, unlike Thunder Road, which is more of a uh, very grounded in drama. reality uh, drama, fe- mm-hmm. featuring a lot of um, themes of alcoholism and and grief and uh, just pure sadness. The Wolf of Snow Hollow carries a lot of that from Thunder Road, except it, pa- it packages it uh, more into a genre movie. Yes. S- specifically, it feels like a mishmash between like um, mystery crime thrillers, like but with a lot of dark humor, kind of like, uh, like the Coen Brothers or Bong Joon-ho. Sure. With a uh, werewolf movie. Yes. And you don't get a lot of werewolf movies. These days, Not werewolves, a ton. No. werewolves aren't really as popular as like vampires or zombies or ghosts or demons. But uh, there's there's a lot of material you can really mine out of a werewolf story. Well, I mean, I think it it's sort of, you know, for a movie that, as you said, is is about alcoholism primarily, um, which it's funny. I mean, if you look back at Thunder Road, you, you said some of the themes carry over. It's, you know. A father who is divorced from his wife, who has a younger daughter, um, who is dealing, who is a cop in a small yes. town, who yes. is dealing with all that shit on top of, you know, I think it was maybe, it was definitely a thing, but maybe less prevalent in Thunder Road, um, but the alcoholism aspect, I think that jives well with the theme of, you know, men who turn into monsters, basically, uh, under certain conditions. Yeah. And this movie's having a conversation about like who's the worst monster? Is it, is it this werewolf that's terrorizing the small town, or is it, um, or is it Jim Cummings' character John and his and his total ineptitude into uh, solving this case and and making it worse? Is 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 he the monster? Right, right. So what did you think? I mean, that kind of sets up the the plot of the movie. But what what was your what's your hot take? I think. Thunder Road is a stronger movie. It's it's more um it's it's much tighter. It's it feels a lot more focused. Uh Wolf of Snow Hollow is going for a lot. It's going for a lot more. It has a it has a bigger budget. It has a lot more uh recognizable names. It the cinematography is definitely much uh cleaner and much more cinematic than Thunder Road was. Mhm. Um but feels like a butt's coming here. Yeah, there it is. But but and this isn't this isn't a big butt. This is this is just like a small misgiving. It's a small I, butt. 
It's a small butt. Not a dump truck, just a little, you know. Exactly. A Fiat. I don't think the tones that he was trying to mash together worked all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it was sometimes it was very funny. Uh and and it and it mixed well with what was going on. But yeah. but other times it felt a little it felt like one tone was a lot more developed than the other. So that so that other tone without getting into like spoilers um didn't didn't uh what didn't feel as strong yeah when we get into the spoiler section after a quick break here in a, in a few minutes we can dive into sort of what exactly you mean by that but i i'm sort of on the same page with you i i enjoyed this movie um quite a bit i enjoyed it more uh, above average but it's hard to go from you know thunder road to this which you know there are so many similarities between the two um Thunder Road is a movie that definitely hit me very emotionally. Um, right. I had a I had a very emotional response to that movie, and something about it just was very you know, it was devastating in ways, but also heartwarming. Like it, it made me like sad and happy at the at the same time by the end. And this movie, like you said, is not going for that. It's much more of a you know, I, I, it's a, a mystery and a, a kind of horror drama sort of all like those three things sort of thrown in together. And um, while I think Thunder Road was maybe more successful in, you know, giving me the emotional resonance, this movie's going for other stuff. Um, I, I think the the dark humor in it is, is probably what shines the most. And that's Absolutely. also, I think, a standout from Thunder Road. And Jim Cummings has thus far in these two movies, like sort of put the spotlight on himself. Um, he is a very unique actor. I think he right. really has a a very commanding presence on the screen, and he has a very certain way of you know his mannerisms um, and his way of kind of delivering his lines are, are very unique to him. And I think in Thunder Road, he was so much of the spotlight character. I think his daughter in that in that movie was also very a very strong role, and there were a couple others like good supporting roles there, but. Um, it's interesting in this movie seeing him, you know, go toe to toe with some more familiar faces, you know, Robert Forster being probably the most uh, prevalent one. And I think Ricky Lindholm is, is really fantastic in this movie as well. In, in Robert Forster's final role. His very final role. And this film is dedicated to him. Yes. Um, we'll talk about that some more in, in the, the spoiler zone. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, and it also, you know, his character is has a lot of similarities to the the character in Thunder Road, but is right. also has its own uniqueness. And like you said, like it, the movie is kind of in conversation about like, you know, putting these two things together: the the monster of a of a werewolf that is murdering people and terrorizing the town, and the monster of a man who is struggling with yeah, like you said, his his ineptitude, his role, kind of like taking over from his father who who. Robert Forster plays, who's the sheriff of the town and, and kind of just like struggling with all that. And you see him struggling with that and is kind of just more of an asshole, um, in general than he was, um, in, in Thunder Road. So it's like, it's, it's a little bit different in, in some of those ways that just maybe didn't just like make me feel that warm, fuzzy feeling that, that I did from Thunder Road, which is not a super fair comparison. Cause as we said, it's a, it's a, this is a different movie. Um, And 
if you're coming at this without having seen Thunder Road and not knowing who Jim Cummings is and you're just yeah. looking since since it's October, you know, this tis the season to watch spooky movies and if you're looking for a new spooky movie, there's not a whole lot coming out. Not a ton. Right now. No. So Wolf of uh, I almost fucking said Wolf of Wall Street. Of Wall Street? Yeah. <laughs> Wolf of also Wall Street's a, a horror movie if you think also, about it. In some also ways. also a really great movie. But if you're looking for a, a new horror uh movie to watch, um these days like the wolf wolf of snow hall definitely offers something very interesting yeah no i mean and that's what i want to get out of the way as well is like i really enjoyed this movie it's just hard for me to separate this movie from thunder road because of you know how much of jim cummings's just personality is like right there in it maybe not personality but like his 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 signature yeah it's it's all him there in both of those movies so it's hard to to... You could you could argue Wolf of Snow Hollow could like could, is like almost a retread, just it, just exploring just exploring it in a in a different context. Yeah, I guess that's part of maybe that some of the not disappointment, but some of what didn't. I don't know what didn't completely land for me is, is maybe it's it's a little bit disappointing to see him go down those same themes again. Um, but I mean, it's only a second movie, so right, right. How right. did you think? His, you know, his character, John, and his performance there, as, as I said, like, I think he has a very unique way of of performing, um, or at least it just stands out to me. How do you think that 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 jived with the supporting characters in this movie? Because I think one thing I will say I do like better about this movie than Thunder Road is I think the, the, strong, the supporting characters were a lot stronger. <clears throat> well, he had really great chemistry with Ricky Lindham. Yes. And she's... She's phenomenal in this movie. I think she's really yeah. great. She 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 plays a very a very sweet character. Um I wish she was uh given a little bit more agency throughout um throughout the film. I think her char- I think her character deserved that, but I guess like the movie's not entire entirely about her. Um but she does she does she does get uh, really satisfying payoffs in the end. Sure. Yep, yep. Um, we'll talk about that in spoiler zone. And, also, want to uh, I want to sh- shout out Jimmy Tatro, um, yeah, from American Vandal. You might yeah. recognize him. That's where I recognize him from. His little role in this movie is great. Yeah, he's definitely getting a little bit um, typecast. I've 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 noticed. Yeah, but if you look at his gotten. if you look at his IMDb page, he's kind of been uh, he's been playing a frat bro kind of guy since 2013. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's a he was a YouTuber. Right before he broke, before he like broke in with uh with Amer- with American Vandal, and he's, that's just he's that's credited just right good... here as 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 frat boy in Grown Ups too. Oh, there you go, a fine there piece of American cinema. And he um, y- you know, not not to really knock him or anything. Like, not every actor has to be uh, versatile. Like, he's good at playing that role. He definitely brings a good sense of humanity. To, yeah, I think to that's that the kind thing. of character. He's like that's what made American Vandal. Uh, so strong is, is of course the amount of is the amount of humanity and just like just empathy he puts into that kind of character and he's in he's in wolf of snow hollow very briefly but he he pulls that off very effectively in, i think in he steals too. he steals the scenes that he's in you know yeah. the scene I'm, I'm thinking i'm specifically talk about more in spoilers but the scene with him and and uh and ricky lindholm um 
specifically like when she comes to visit him at his home later on. I think that's a really great scene for him. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he is kind of t- typecast specifically as the frat boy who is like actually a lot deeper and has feelings um and is not just just an asshole. He's 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 a very reliable get for that kind of character. And I for always sure. I I always uh perk up when he when he shows up in a movie. He was also in uh Bad Education earlier this year, the uh Hugh Jackman uh crime embezzlement school movie. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. Uh, well, I definitely didn't see that one. I didn't really hear about that one. Yeah, that one that was an HBO movie. Oh. Um worth but, checking out. But yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorites this year. And Jimmy cool. Tat Jimmy Tatro plays a uh plays a very similar character in that. Okay, there too. you go. <laughs> um Yeah, and uh and Jim Cummings, uh his chemistry with Robert Forster was um was was also pretty well done. I wish I wish there was more scenes with with them together, especially like yeah, knowing knowing the context since Robert Forster uh, has since passed on since the um since the, since the film has been made, and he yeah. plays he plays a very he plays a very similar character to uh, to Sheriff Truman. Right in, in yeah, everybody's kind of getting typecast in this movie a, a little a bit, little, a little bit. But you know, <laughs> just like it's it's kind of, I believe you know, Cummings has says he's he wrote these these characters like for these like specific kind of roles because they because he he knew they would be good at it. Sure, I mean, yeah, is, you know that uh, Robert Forster can play the hell out of a, a sheriff. Yeah, in a small yeah. town with some mysterious goings on in it. Hmm. Hmm. But so any, I, I on, wish I wish on. he I wish he was given a little bit more to do as well. But I guess it's like the point of the movie is a, is more about like uh, his his relationships with these characters. Like that's that's more the forefront of the movie rather than like the 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 stuff about solving the mystery of the murders mm-hmm. and the werewolf is more just like the backdrop. Sure, but I mean that is kind of part and parcel. Like you're you're you've asked for a couple of these like supporting characters like a little bit more for them and that's part of i think what's inherent to one of these movies is it's only an hour and 23 minutes long yeah it's a very it's it's a very it's very tight yeah um and there is you know also a mystery going on and a murder going on and partially you know jim cummings like puts himself um in the forefront of a lot of stuff um, going For on in this sure. movie, and again, he is like a very captivating uh, actor, so that's not and, a complaint and at all. He does, but... and he does a good job of selling uh, how this town functions and the kind of people that that live in this town, and mm-hmm. like his his relationship to the town. So maybe like what I'm saying, he did such a good job like establishing all those things. I wish we got to see more of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would not have complained if this movie was 20 minutes longer. That's for yeah. sure. But at the same time, there is, I think, a certain expectation for a genre movie such as this. Um, And I think, you know, just as a genre movie, like, I think it is, I think our expectations are really high. Um, Just coming, just this being Jim Cummings' second movie, I think we had a lot of expectations going in and they were really high just because of how, how much Thunder Road connected with me. And for it to just kind of like him to almost take a step back and like, approach a genre movie and i think do a genre movie a lot better maybe not in the way of like it's not scary per se really um i think the mystery is pretty interesting but like neither yeah. of those things are 
it's are really more of at the a, forefront. It's more of a it's more of a mystery thriller, yeah, than a uh, than a pure horror movie. Mystery it's, thriller it, drama, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's it feels like you know. There's that argument: is is seven uh, a horror movie? Is Silence of the Lambs? A horror movie, but are or are they just like are they just like murder mysteries mm-hmm. with more of a sure. creepy? This this fits more into like the the category of that, even though it has a very uh, prominent and iconic horror monster. Sure, sure, but in that way, I think probably the main focus is is less on the horror or the the mystery, and a little bit more on like the drama and the the interconnection of these people's lives. And I think it is. It does work well with that. Um, but again, maybe stuff like that is you need a little bit more meat on the bones. You need the movie to be a little bit longer to really make some of those things land. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where the kind of the disconnect is between the genre movie and, and what it's going for. But mm-hmm. overall, like, I, again, I, it sounds like we're talking kind of I don't want to sound like I'm talking down on this movie. No, um, because I really enjoyed it. Um yeah, I, I, I would, think there's I a would lot of good stuff in there. I would definitely recommend it. It's yeah. it's it's very it's unique for what it is. If you're looking for a new horror movie to watch this month, it would be near the top of my list. And, yeah. The only reason it like, didn't one that's like quirky in its in yes. its own way. It's 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 very much it's it's very own darkly funny. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason it didn't make it to the top of our list, Jeremy, is because it's not it's only available for rental right now. Uh right. or purchase, I think. Not it's not on one of the streaming services, but um it is out there. It, apparently it's doing really, really well on iTunes um and some of the other digital platforms. It was uh, also which, released uh to theaters. If yeah, you're, it was if some drive in theaters, right? Yeah, or if your state just so happens to have an open theater, we you know be, Which, it, be be as safe as you can if you yeah. really want to do it, but you know, uh, but yeah, it is playing in in certain theaters in the uh, in in the country, and usually usually something like this doesn't uh doesn't get like a theatrical release. True. So true. Um, I mean, I, I was just fine watching this one in the comfort of my ho- own oh, home. Oh yeah, I, me too. I enjoyed me it like too. that very much. But um, but I would absolutely you know if you're into. Again, if you're looking for something kind of spooky to watch, if you're into dark comedies or or thrillers or mystery, any of that stuff, really, just you should just go see this movie. There's probably not a lot of people I would not recommend see this movie. Also, it's a horror movie that takes place around Christmas time, and I think blending uh, horror yep. with like snow and like Christmas themes gives gives a very like eerie ju- juxtaposition. Sure. Yeah. Which which this could which be a I traumatic like time does. for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, like Christmas, I think is probably more traumatic for a greater number of people than halloween is yeah and it the this the setting definitely like adds into like the urgency of it because it's this small utah town in the middle of nowhere and like these 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 bodies throughout the movie just keep piling up and there's like you know it gets established that there's like very little help coming mm-hmm. so yep yeah that's that's what that's what causes like the this to Jim Cummings character to like unravel as he's trying to unsolve this mystery. Uh, yeah. Solve this mystery. Well, let's take a quick break and then come back and go into a uh, spoiler more zone. Cause it sounds yeah. like we're ready to, to get into more detail around, uh, around that character. I, I do think there is a, a good bit of depth to dive into and talk about. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. 
So, let's talk about uh, about John, our like center character here, and kind of what's going on with him a little more, and like how we felt about him, how we felt about his relationships with the other people in the town. So, John is, as we said in the the spoiler free zone, he is. The main character here, he's played by Jim Cummings, um, and he is a cop in a small town whose dad is the sheriff, but is mm-hmm. of ailing health. Uh, he has a 16-year-old daughter uh, with a wife whom he has since divorced, uh, and he is, this is right at the top, is a recovering alcoholic. So that's kind of like the setup for him, which is like, again, very similar to kind of the situation his character is in, in in Thunder Road. Not only an alcoholic, he seems uh, very inept at handling his own stress. Yes, he has an ang- he has anger management issues. Let's say, yeah, big, which which is very scary for a cop. Which is which is movie definitely yes. uh, gets gets into. Kind uh, of, it sort of gets into that without really. It's this is not a movie about you know police brutality or police violence this is a movie that is it's definitely a movie in, about police incompetence yes that is for sure especially around like solving murders um and if you've listened to any true crime stuff or murder mystery or any kind of that stuff most of the time the small cops in these the cops in these small towns they miss some big stuff which is you know hindsight is always 2020 but anyway um, it it exists kind of in this this like fantasy bubble where the the small town, well, I say fantasy. I've not had this experience before, but I've not lived in one of these small towns uh, where the cops kind of know everybody um, and are kind of mm-hmm. very present within the town um, and are are you know very much integrated into the actual like yeah. the the citizenship of the town. That's definitely where I would make the Fargo comparison. Yes, and there are definitely Fargo vibes there for sure. Yeah, but but I the mean, difference is the difference is is that the uh, the main cop character in Fargo, whether it be the movie or the TV show, is this more morally just like centerpiece of like the heart of the movie or the show. Uh, <laughs> John is more like one of like the asshole Coen Brothers characters. Yes, but is also the main cop. He's someone that reads as as someone who very much means well and wants yeah. to do right by the people in his life, but is always um, messing up. But is dealing, yeah, is dealing with some serious character issues. One of them being his alcoholism, the other one being his his rage, um, and more often than not, gets in his own way and winds up hurting the people around him because of those things. And not only does he have to deal with that. He also has to deal with a fucking werewolf. A fucking werewolf, which he denies <laughs> is a werewolf the entire time. Of course, because uh, like, up... you don't want to admit that the that there's a problem, because when you do, it's, it becomes real. Right, right. Which is interesting as well, because, you know, there's obviously the, the thematic kind of parallels between the, the wolf, the werewolf, and uh, John's alcoholism. But he's, it's interesting that he is a recovering alcoholic. Um, right. that has been sober, he says at the beginning of this movie, for three years, but has been in the program for six, so clearly is like still yeah. struggling with this. But he play he plays with the imagery of of uh of a man fighting his alcoholism that harkens back to like the imagery of older werewolf movies where mm. the where like say like American Werewolf in London or the original Wolfman, or like anything where like the werewolf is the main character, 
of like trying to resist the call of mm-hmm. turning into the werewolf, like staring at the wolf at like the full moon and like trying to resist. He's kind of playing around with that, except yeah. he's like, except he's looking at like like beer cans and alcohol. Well, it's the the early in the movie in the first act or so, you get the shot of as you know the tension starts to to rise and and the pressure starts to mount on John. You see these cutaways where. It's like a slow panning shot in his kitchen, right? Up to like yeah. uh, um, the cabinets in his kitchen, and you don't know at first what that is sort of um, alluding to, but it's it's very there's like an ominous tone yeah, to those definitely. shots, and I really like how they did that, and I really like how eventually you get him when like things are really starting to hit the fan, he goes in there and reaches up into the cabinets and and takes out a couple of beers, like he's like safety beers i guess or his like emergency beers um which i would think if you were three years sober you would maybe throw out but i'm not an alcoholic (laughs) yet i haven't fully developed my alcoholism i'm only a casual drinker at the moment so but this year has put me to the test let me say that anyway oh yeah yeah, but there's you know there's there's the there's like it can put the idea in your head that like he's he's three years sober but he he is kind of like unreliable Right. So he he could he could have been lying about that. Right. And also this pressure is, you know, what's pushing him back towards that. Right. And the pressure of his daughter going away to college um and very much his daughter sort of growing up and growing apart from him and also the pressure of his father who is has heart problems uh who refuses to retire. Which right. again, I think part of the the biggest emotional resonance for this movie for me is having the context of knowing that, you know, Robert Forster has, has since passed away and that this is his very final role. And I'm curious to know Jim Cummings' thoughts and feelings around, you know, writing this movie with Robert Forster and having a, you know, it being a, a very impactful moment that his character passes away right. from health problems. Um you know, he's obviously dedicated the movie to Robert Forster, but I, I have to imagine that's that's a a tough thing to deal with. Yeah, and I and I wonder how much that played into like the editing of the film. Mm-hmm. Because he he probably started editing this like after he passed. Right. So does does Jim Cummings also do the editing on these movies? Well, or he, he you know. There's there's definitely a different uh, credited um, editors, but the director of a movie like always like oversees sure, and always sure. has to like approve decisions for for editing. Very there's there's very few cases unless unless it's like a relationship between like Martin Scorsese and Thelma Shoemaker, where Martin always like uh, has 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 been working with Thelma Shoemaker for almost forty years. Right. So right. they so they they trust each other incredibly well. Usually the um, the director is like looking over the editors to like make all like the final decisions. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but I, is, I I wonder how, how much that uh, played into the post-production. You have to imagine it must be tough. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're making that decision now. Like, okay, this character's passed, it, it, you know, and it's, it's maybe more, I don't want to say acceptable. Acceptable is not the right word, but I think maybe there is a moment of, I don't know um, closure or or grieving as part of that because that Excuse is written into the movie. Oh, yep. 
Yes, sorry, I'm recording a podcast. Okay, sorry about that. You good? We can cut that out. Yeah. Um, there is kind of a sense of closure, I guess, to having Robert Forster's character's death be such a, a pivotal moment right. in this movie um, and and having to kind of deal with that and grieve with that again because of like kind of the pace of this movie and the sort of the the nature of it being um a genre piece like it's it maybe doesn't give it as much time as you would love um <clears throat> because it, it, they're kind of the characters are all kind of forced to move on but i do think especially the way that they they made that scene or that scene flowed where you know he his father's in the hospital and instead of staying there in the hospital with his daughter who's also there because she's been hurt by the uh the titular wolf um he goes off to kick the shit out of of or try to kick the shit out of this guy that his daughter was with um when mm-hmm. they were attacked by the wolf and like that's the decision that's part and parcel for the decisions that he's making that just seem to be wrong at every single turn um and driven right. by his anger and and probably his the alcohol as well yeah, he he makes he makes a lot of choices that can that can make the audience feel very frustrated. And Mostly bad like, choices, yeah, but that's make, part of it. Makes him like really like hard to side with at times, but that's mm-hmm. that's that's done like very deliberately. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, and that's a, another distinction between this and Thunder Road. His character in Thunder Road is troubled, but at the same time, like sweet. Um, yeah. I think deeply. Um, and that character also makes not great decisions from time to time, but like you feel more sympathetic for that character, whereas this character is very much definitely distinctly an asshole. Yeah, and you um, you see uh, compared to Thunder Road, you see him do a lot more cop work. Right, right. So yeah, Thunder you actually, Road, you actually see. Of- you actually see him like doing his job and how he interacts with people as as a as a policeman. Sure. Sure. And sort of the fallout of that, too, like a lot of this movie is about how his failure to to do good police work and and get to the bottom of of this crime um, is directly blamed on him. Uh, The town sort of seems to blame him for each subsequent death, and he seems to take that pretty personally. Like it is his fault that he's not gotten a handle on this thing and and uh, and solve the case. Um, and because of that, more people are dying. Right. right. Including, a, you know, a mother and her, her young kid, which is a pretty sad moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it would go there. But... It so, went there. So, 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 like, that brings us... What did you think of how the horror, like, the, the, the scary sequences, how they were portrayed... I think they were maybe a little more like the pulpy sort of classic style of, of yeah. horror and not so much like, you know, the kind of shit that I'm really into now, especially with horror is like the stuff that just makes me feel bad. The stuff that just makes me feel like I'm kind of, <laughs> I want to like throw up. Like um, I recently have watched Climax and Lake Mungo um, pretty much like back to back like night one night after the other and like climax is a kind of movie that just is trying to disorient you and make you feel like shit and is has like children screaming in the background and and is just 
a, basically an assault on your senses. And then Lake yeah. Mungo is the kind of like slow creeping dread that sort of just gets under your skin and just makes you just kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies. This is sort of the more like, you know, distinctly like it's an eight foot tall werewolf man um, eviscerating people. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, th- those scenes are like done with like that sort of classic pulpy sort of horror vibe. And I think it nails that vibe. Um, I don't think it's scary. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I you know, I think that that makes this movie work for people who are like, I'm not into scary movies. I don't know if I can really handle it. Like you can handle this movie. It'll be OK. And and the other things that it's doing are more important. Uh, yeah, I suppose that was just like me with my expectations. I was hoping that the, the werewolf attack scenes were like staged a little bit more like interestingly and mm. and originally like I didn't think like the scenes were they where like they get attacked were all that um were all that uh just weren't all that gripping because like okay, it's sure. like by by the beginning of of the scene where like one of the victims like hears the the werewolf um hears a werewolf coming I like pretty much know how like the scene's going to play out there weren't a whole lot of surprises in in how like the the werewolf sequences were portrayed what was was interesting though is at one point um there's a cross cutting between between um the attack the funeral and and john getting into a uh an argument with the coroner yes i thought that that was very much that was the most interesting uh segment because it was it was doing something different because it was cutting back and forth in time between like how how this all played out all at once and i think that's that's the movie like using its its 80 minute runtime to its benefit absolutely yeah i think those scenes were really well done at first like i it took me a second to realize what was going on but like yeah in the moment of the person being attacked by the wolf seeing the fallout of you know professionally jim having to deal with this coroner who is also kind of an asshole or at least he butts heads with and dealing with the funeral and his like role in the town as like the small cop again that knows kind of everybody mm-hmm. and he attends all these funerals like it is it's really interesting to see that all that pressure kind of like those walls closing in around him as a character and then again that leading him to just drink more get more angry and fuck up more that was probably like the most inventive sequence of the whole. For thing. sure, and there there are some pretty I think inventive cuts here too, where like you know after his daughter is attacked, mm-hmm. um, there's some really cool lighting with the um, the cop car in the background on his face as he has to kind of like yeah. make this decision like am I going to take my daughter to the hospital or am I going to try to run down this wolf right now? Um, yeah, because they they you know they had that like little montage before where they're like gearing up to go out and just fuck up this wolf because uh, they're pretty sure it's going to attack on the full moon again. Um, and I think that was interesting, like the cutting from there and, and immediately going from there to the hospital, I think was good too. Yeah. And there, you know, even, even though I wasn't like that terribly impressed with like some of the werewolf sequences, there are great moments of tension sure. in here. Yeah. The, they're less, they, but they have less so to do with the wolf itself. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. They, well, you know, <laughs> Well, yes, 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 and no. Two moments: the um, the diner sequence with the mother and the daughter. Okay, I, th- I yep. thought that sequence was was pretty chilling. 
with the diner sequence the diner sequence elaborate with the, the diner the diner sequence with the mother and the child and the uh i guess the the wolf the actual guy the guy yes like like asking her creepy questions and how how that scene was framed where you don't see the guy at all right you, it just fixates on on this actress's face and how she gets she like how her mood changes and how like the the vibe of the scene changes because like the camera is doing this like depth of field thing where like everything except her is like blurry mm-hmm. and um yeah that scene was good that was very that was very effective and the climax i call it like the silence of the lambs climax where he goes into the house. Where he goes, that that felt very much like Silence of the Lambs. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not not that I'm like you know dogging him or anything because like, it's evocative if, of it. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's definitely not a evocative of it. And sure. You, and you definitely feel uh, uh, Jim's influence of of like genre and mm-hmm. like of like all like the great genre works um, all over this movie. Like that's that's where I especially like drew like a one to one parallel. Sure. And again, that's another example of, you know, him kind of going with his pigheadedness uh, and kind of charging in and and getting seriously hurt and he could have gotten killed. He winds up taking the... Oh, actually, no, it was um, uh, Ricky Lindholm who takes him down, winds up saving his ass. Um, But like, you know, and going back to the diner scene as well, like that scene is is much more uh, chilling and effective, I think, again sort of in parallel with like the themes of this movie that it's it's really the the man who is right the more of the monster in most of these cases how did you how, so yeah let's bring it to how did you feel about the uh the twist was that it was never a real werewolf it was just a guy in a suit um i kind of saw that coming uh won't lie to you there uh it seemed like it was it was a guy in a suit well um, <laughs> i'm trying to remember what tipped me off to it earlier on but it puts in some clues, you know, like there are there are some clues there that this is uh, uh, someone dressed up as a werewolf, not an actual werewolf. Although I will say the brief glimpses you do get of the werewolf during the attack sequences and mm-hmm. that it was uh, I was appreciating, even though it actually like plays into the story. I was appreciating that the werewolf was like a practical suit. Yes, me too. And, and not a CG creature. Thank God. I thought it looked way more imposing that it was actually there, and it was always like in shadow, sure, and always like from like a low angle. Yes. So it it always looked like pretty creepy and like evocative of those old like it reminded me. Of, you ever see Dog Soldiers? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, Dog Soldiers is a is a British horror movie about like a bunch of soldiers getting attacked by werewolves. Okay. And, well, uh, even more well known, like you mentioned, uh, American War Werewolf in London, like yeah. that obviously is a classic movie with some pretty but, phenomenal special effects. Yeah, but practical but, effects. But specifically, how the werewolf looked in mm-hmm. in this movie was definitely like felt the most evocative of Dog Soldiers, like how freakishly tall it is and like the really lanky arms and legs. Well, that brings brings you to one of the I, I think one of the <laughs> one of my favorite little bits of the movie is when he goes to the killer the actual killer's house and has that conversation with him and um eventually winds up coming back and and saying like yeah i'm gonna have to ask you to stand up to your full height and then you just see this guy behind the door frame just who's like been hunched over this whole time just just stand up to the his full height and he's like almost seven feet tall like 
That was a great moment. I really like that. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, Both of them kind of have an oh, shit moment there. And that's, I thought that was really effective. I think we mentioned this a little bit in Spoiler Free Zone, but the movie overall, I think, is very funny. There's a lot of good laughs in there. And and that comes specifically from, again, Jim Cummings, like sort of mannerisms. it's hard to put my finger on exactly what it is about that, but just his his style of like speaking and delivering lines, like he's very good at that kind of like deadpan, yeah. dark comedy. What he's he, the way he delivers lines is very intense, but some yes. but sometimes what he says is very goofy, yes, and kind of pathetic. So I think that juxtaposition, um, definitely definitely like sells the humor. Yeah, I, and that's kind of the thing is like he. Uh, again, uh, I hate to keep doing this, but I'm going to like in Thunder Road. The the focus was so much on him that, and his character, and his, his character was so like um, interesting and and immediately like kind of charming that that it, it that worked for me. But seeing him be more of an asshole and bouncing around or off of the other characters in this movie, it's like yeah, it, like you said, like and I I think this is probably what they were going for. It's just like. Does this asshole like hear himself talk? Like no one talks like this. Like what are you? <laughs> you just sound like like either it really works for you, and you're like, oh wow, you know he's so funny and like and interesting, or like this guy. F- were you like a theater kid that just didn't make it out? What happened to Com- you? Why do you sound of, like this all the time? Complete lack of self awareness. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which again, maybe that's why it works in Thunder Road and why it doesn't work here is because he is deliberately more of an asshole in this role um and that sort of that charm like it turns from charm to more of like a kind of just like uh it stands out and it's like distracting a little bit and it's just like what is your what's your issue what's your problem right yeah but that makes it work for that character who is someone with many problems yeah for sure do you do you think do you think he got do you think he earned the ending that he got uh with what like surviving basically with like with like with like surviving and kind of mending the relationship with his uh with his daughter i mean that was another part that was kind of like rushed yeah. a little bit and not yeah. not because the movie you know is i think the movie is well paced like for especially for a genre piece like this like it it keeps moving all the time it never drags That's true. um but you don't get maybe as much of that emotional resonance that you would like for something that is so well set up with so many interesting characters yeah. um because it, it kind of just needs to get there to the it needs to like wrap up the ending and then and keep going. I think I think if anything, having him die at the end of this movie would be sort of the like the lesson for him never really changing and kind of just going down this path of self-destruction and anger. It leads him maybe he gets what he wants and he, he finds the killer at the end, but like at what cost? That's um, where I thought it him, was that's where I thought he, it was going. Yeah, me too. Um and having him kind of survive and then just like patch things up with his daughter very abruptly at the end maybe doesn't feel as earned as it could have been yeah i can i can i can definitely see that see that the the ending felt a a little it definitely felt a little rushed i'll agree with you there yeah i would have liked to see like one scene like post post the climax where where him where him and the daughter actually like talk it out a little bit yeah yeah, this is a movie that I am eager actually to watch again. Yeah, um, I would really like to watch it again um, without with less expectation. I think going in, 
um, now that I, I know what it's about and, and try to separate a second viewing from sort of like my preconceived notions um, of, you know, Jim Cummings' work. And I, honestly, I can't wait to see what he does next. I, like I said, kind of towards the top, like I, uh, this movie sort of came out of nowhere. Like I knew he was working on something and then right. uh, I follow him on Twitter and like pretty pretty recently he just started kind of like they announced like the title and then the the release date of this movie yeah, and like showed he, like a couple stills and it's just like all of a sudden it was like out so i i i like that personally i don't i'm not a huge fan of like two-year marketing cycles and you know he's uh he 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 talks about multiple projects at once right like he's right. always working on multiple stuff at once so i i i did hear him mention stuff about this like a while back but i you know i just it was just like a tweet i didn't really like think of it anything of mm-hmm. it and then mm-hmm. just like just last i just heard last month that uh like the distributor orion which orion was a um was a very prominent um was a very prominent distribution company in the 80s they they produced like like uh like RoboCop and the first two Bill and Ted movies, and oh, then they just and then they just like resurfaced within the last couple of years, and they're hmm. like putting out these indie films. They all they also put out Bill and Ted three. Oh, nice. Okay, so good year for them then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They're they're I, they're doing well in the in the video the VOD market. Sure, I mean <laughs> that's kind of the only market left right now. So yeah, but they're they're gotta... take, they're taking better advantage of it than like yeah some some other companies. All of these, I mean, Disney just announced that they're kind of like restructuring to focus more so on like digital and Disney Plus and streaming like that. So if, if a company that huge is is pivoting to focus on this, then it's a little scary. It's a little scary, um, but honestly, probably like the direction that the the industry is going to have to go in for for some time now. But it makes me excited um, that Jim Cummings is out there working on a lot of projects, and he is like you mentioned, very vocal about just like you know, just go do it, just make your movie happen. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe easier said than done, but it's that Nowadays. kind of mentality. That kind of mentality of yeah, just get out there and and get a digital camera and like shoot some shit and put it together. Like I'm excited to see him do more small projects like this. Um, yeah. Even if this this project was uh, like you said, considerably bigger project than uh, Thunder Road, I'm I'm excited to see what he do, does next. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's a cool. good time. It is. It is a very good time. You could do a lot worse. Very uh, entertaining. For, yeah, no, it, and again, it sounds like we were being really critical of this movie, but it's only because I'm I'm a huge fan of of his work so far, and um, it's it's hard to just to to draw the line and not make those comparisons. Um, but I think for what it's doing, it's it's very effective and, and very enjoyable. Especially since since this movie's kind of like inviting those comparisons. It is in a lot of ways. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, check this movie out um, and check out Thunder Road Road as well if you have not seen it. I think that's actually Thunder Road's on Netflix now. Or maybe on, that was just in the it's, UK. It's, it's, it's on It's on like Amazon. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime say. It's out there. You can find it. Um, yeah. Just DM yeah. Jim Cummings. He'll give you a link. <laughs> yeah, he'll send you a link. He'll send you the, the mega upload link. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts on The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Jeremy? Um, not, not that I haven't already said, like, you know, we have these expectations for this filmmaker, but if you, if you're going in without those, uh, expectations or familiarity, you will find, a a, a very interesting take on both the, the mystery thriller and the, the werewolf genre. For sure. 
So yeah, and, and I think and, that's why on a rewatch, maybe I can let go of those expectations and and probably uh, enjoy it even more. And and you and you and you did really get a strong lead performance and and a strong set of um of of supporting characters as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, you know, if you're a Robert Forster fan at all, you got to watch this. Movie. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You got to like, do it. A Robert Forster performance is like a warm hug. For sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're listening to this and you're interested in some more spooky movies, uh, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Jeremy and I put to- together a list of 31 horror movies across all of the popular streaming platforms. So you can go check that out on storyscreenbeacon.com, where you can also find all kinds of other articles and reviews and whatnot. And you can also find the movie times for the Story Screen Drive In Theater, which is. Uh, up and running right now and is showing horror movies for the entire month of October. Uh, there's a bunch of cool stuff coming up. I'm going to go see um, Trick or Treat um, later this month. Oh, that sounds um, I think fun. They're, we're also showing Beetlejuice. Um, I know this past weekend we showed a bunch of like Hereditary and uh, some other cool stuff. So there's lots of, of cool movies there to see. So go check out the website. That's again, storyscreenbeacon.com. You can also find us on Twitter at story underscore screen and on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. Yeah. Uh, I might, thanks I'm, again. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. I might go to the, uh, the, the, the Friday the 13th part four screening yes that's this that, upcoming weekend right that, that yeah that they're doing um well if if this gets uploaded after that we shall see we shall see but uh <laughs> but uh yeah that's especially like in that kind of environment watching a friday the 13th movie in like a very like woodsy and it's probably and, the right way to do it place, huh? that, that, yeah. that definitely adds to the atmosphere that For sure that watching it in, in another context wouldn't so that would be fun for sure absolutely All right, Jeremy, thank you again for joining me, and uh, thank you again for listening, everyone. See you next time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs) 